1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTmobile.com.
2: right. Good evening, everybody. Jim Hackett here at the WEEI Sports Radio Network. It is late night Friday night. Glad to be here with you. Merry Christmas to everybody. If, uh, are you in the spirit yet? Are you getting in there? Coop, are you in the spirit yet? I'm a little jolly. Yeah, you're getting jolly. That's I'm getting a, jolly. That's good. That's good. good uh, Good use of language there. Well, I hope everyone's enjoying it. It was a, a brutal day out there today. Lots of rain. It did, not a winter wonderland. Kind of just a miserable mess. But a lot of t- a lot to talk about on the Boston sports scene. Now, right now, the Celtics are down 115 to 102 to the lowly Orlando Magic at the Garden. So if you're driving back from that and you want to whine about that one, feel free. six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. But I don't think there's a whole lot to whine about with the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics are sitting right now 22 and 7 on top of the conference and it was interesting over the weekend. I was watching uh NBC Sports Boston, I think on Monday after the, after the Celtics had lost to Golden State on Saturday, which kind of, kind of a letdown. They were never really in that game, you know, between 7 and 11 points up and down the whole way through. Just couldn't quite get Uh, Uncorked for that game. And then a loss. It was disappointing to the Clippers. And I'm watching NBC Sports Boston. They're talking about, you know, what's wrong with the Celtics. I'm like, nothing's wrong with the Celtics. It's a skid. It's a skid. And to kind of bring that home, John Tomasi actually just had a good tweet, which I'll read. And he's right on the money. This, This happened about six minutes ago. The 1986 Celtics are one of the greatest teams in NBA history. And from December 6th, through the 25th that season, they went 4-5 and five to fall to 21-7. and seven. It's basically right where your Celtics are now. These kind of runs happen. Scuffling Celtics must prove this kid is as temporary as that one. And that's well said, and it's true. So I'm not really worried about them at all. Um, but, you know, three of the last four games, not so good. They beat the Lakers in kind of a mediocre effort, but they pulled it out. And good teams win when they're not playing well. Well, right now they're not playing well. And uh, you know, it's easy to take a nap against a team like the Magic. So the Celtics are on the table for tonight, six one seven, seven seven nine, seven ninety-three-seven. The Bruins are obviously on the table as the best team in hockey. Uh the Patriots coming off a Monday night win, kind of flat, kind of a boring Monday night football game, but a win is a win. And they're seven and six, and they are sitting right now in the seventh seed in the AFC uh for a playoff spot. So, you know, the Patriots are kind of reminding me of the teams that used to face the Patriots. And when they'd get into the divisional round, you know the Jacksonville when they were there, the Chargers under Philip Rivers, the Texans when they had Deshaun Watson under Billy O'Brien, you know the Bengals with Andy Dalton, and that's who you are right now. That's who you are with the Patriots. You're a team that you might get there, and you're going to get knocked out. You can get knocked out in the wild card round, and I think that's pretty obvious. So all these thoughts, and then kind of picking up where we left last week on late night Friday night, I went you know, pretty deep on the on the Red Sox and how unhappy I am about not only losing Xander Bogarts, but the process of the last four years and how we've gotten to this place. So it's got me thinking. It's got me thinking on a grander scale than just kind of breaking down what what to expect between the Pats and the Raiders on Sunday or breaking down what happens tonight at the Garden between the Magic and the Celtics. I'm thinking more about the four sports teams and Christmas and like a Christmas wish list. Like, what do you think? What are you wishing for for your four major sports teams here in Boston? So I've got a little wish list that I'll start the show off with, and kind of sow the seeds. And I want to hear what you want. What do you want for Christmas for the Patriots, for the Red Sox, for the Bruins, and for the Celtics? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Because each team is in a very different place. I'll start with the Patriots. You know, the Patriots stand at seven and six. And we've been talking about this since early October when I started doing the Friday night shift. The Pats are very capable of beating teams with mediocre coaching and mediocre to bad quarterbacking. They've proven it. They've proven it time and again. And Monday night, they did it to Colt McCoy and Cliff Kingsbury, You know, both mediocre to bad. They, they did it again. So of their seven wins, seven of them are against teams that are mediocre to bad at the head coaching position and at the quarterback position. So, you know, what does it mean if the Patriots make the playoffs? If the Patriots beat the Raiders in Vegas, and I, I've seen the line go up and down. The Patriots are a little bit of a favorite. It's swinging the Raiders' way because the money's going that way. But the reality is the Patriots are probably all in slightly better. But they're on the road. We know the story with the offense, with Matt Patricia's play calling, with Mac Jones' frustration with it. All in, they're probably a click better. And we've all heard the narrative about former Belichick coaches coaching against them and how well they have fared. But the Patriots should win this game. If they are a seventh seed for the AFC in the postseason, they should win this game. So let's say they win it. They get to 8-6. and six. You have to flip one of the remaining three games against Miami up here, Buffalo, not going to happen, or Cincinnati, unlikely. So let's say you get to 9-8 and eight and you make the playoffs. What are you? What are you? You're a low-level wildcard team. You're like one of those teams that used to come here and get your Heine kicked in. That's who you are. And is that good enough? Is that good enough to get you where you want to go? I would say no. I'm thinking about the overall health of the Patriots as a lifelong Patriots fan. Is it better if the Patriots don't make the playoffs? Because that, could that force the changes that we need to see? Could it force Bill Belichick to remove Matt Patricia from a position on the coaching staff where he clearly does not belong and get someone in here who knows how to coordinate and scheme and develop and nurture an NFL offense. But if you make the playoffs at nine and eight, is he less trepidatious to do that? Is he less inclined to do that? Is it going to take them to kind of lose out Or maybe just get to eight and then lose your last three and then changes may happen. So for my wish list, I've got two for the Patriots for my Christmas wish list. So here it is. Number one is regardless of the outcome, because whether or not they make the playoffs. Thank you, Coop. I feel like they are the same team with the same problem, whether they're nine and eight and in or seven and ten or eight and nine and out. Here's what I want for Christmas. A strong display of leadership from owner Robert Kraft. And what I mean by that is a hard conversation with your coach and your football czar, Bill Belichick, okay? Because you said it yourself, Mr. Kraft, back on March 29th. We haven't won a playoff game in three years, and I think about that a lot. It's something he wants to correct. Well, regardless if you make it or not, I think we all know this team is not going anywhere in the playoffs. So, how about a strong display of leadership this offseason after the season closes, whether you're in or out, and a hard conversation for Bill Belichick to say, Bill, we need to make some changes. Why is Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator? Look what you did to Mac Jones with him in that spot. And when can we get some people in here who know how to run the offense and get some differing opinions? I think you need a new set of eyes. So that's my wish, Mr. Kraft, a strong display of leadership from you.
1: Before you move on from that, Yeah. Do you think missing the playoffs is all the evidence or really ammunition that the Crafts need in order to really hold, like, Bill, like, his feet to the flames?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Coop. I think that it makes their job a lot easier. You know, I mean, look, at they, they, they're they there. They're watching the games. They know what the situation is. I, Tom Curran the other day, and I put this in my article today, which is up on my Twitter profile, if you want to take a peek at that, so I, I did a little goof on the Patriots offense, kind of like a football for dummies thing, but... Um, I sourced, you know, Tom Curran and that's something he said in the, in the Patriots talk podcast, which was the Patriots have exactly two wins, two games where they scored more than two touchdowns on offense. I mean, it's week 15 guys, you know? So Robert and Jonathan Kraft see what's happening. But to answer your question, Coop, I think it does make their life a lot easier. If they don't make the playoffs, they can say, Bill, what are we doing? You know what I mean? What are we doing? Or to quote Chris Curtis, what are we doing? Like you could just say, what are we doing? And, Put him on the spot. If you make it, you give him a little bit more ammo. But really, they're a paper tiger if they make it. Don't you agree?
1: Oh, of course. I yeah. mean, it, you're not going to have an ugly finish. That's just not how the season's going to finish up. That's right. not the team that they are. Mm-hmm. But they're not a team that's going to compete, like you said. So I think you really do have to miss the playoffs. And the identity of the Patriots and the Patriot organization now, after these past two decades, is you make the playoffs every year and you're a competitor. So any any you know chink in the armor... That's going to really take away from that identity, and I think the Crafts are they're pretty cognizant of that.
2: Yeah, a lot of chinks in the armor the last four years since Mr. Brady's walked out. I mean, remember, Tom's last year was a pretty ugly playoff loss at home against the Titans. Pick, ended with a pick six. So it hasn't been pretty for a while, and Belichick is the reason for that. So a strong display of leadership, Mr. Craft, Santa Claus. That's what I would like, regardless of what the record is. We know what this team is. They're a classic 500 team. Sometimes you look good, sometimes you look terrible. Sometimes you look terrible when you win. Sometimes you look terrible when you lose. And 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 average teams make the playoffs. A lot of eight and eight teams back when it was a 16 game season made the playoffs. You know, I think the Lions made it at eight and eight one year. So look, it happens. Seattle made it at seven and nine and actually won a playoff game. But when that whole Pete Carroll, um, Russell Wilson thing started to take off in the early part of that little mini run that they had. So that's number one with the Patriots. A strong display of leadership from owner Robert Kraft. For Bill Belichick, how about a dose of humility for coach Bill Belichick? Because as as my buddy Mike and Newton, who calls every night, or I should say every Friday night, we, we love you, Mike, 617-779-7937, to put Matt Patricia in charge of the offense as the offensive play caller is basically just arrogance by Bill Belichick. It sure is. To... Think that you could surround Mac Jones in his critical second year of development with someone who's never called plays on offense before is arrogant. And I think Bill Belichick needs a little bit of a dose of humility to say, you know what, maybe, just maybe, my way isn't exactly the right way. Even though I've got the six rings as a head coach and the eight rings adding the two as an assistant coach and I'm the best coach of all time and yada, 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 yada. It hasn't been so good the last four years, and I think we need a new set of eyes. I've been saying it for three months. So how do you get that new set of eyes? How do you empower Robert Kraft to have that tough conversation? And how do you get Bill Belichick to shrug his shoulders and say, you know what, you might be right, a dose of humility for Bill Belichick. So those are my two wishes for you, New England Patriots, for Christmas. What are yours? 617 779 Let's get to the Red Sox. Oh, what I want for Christmas for the Red Sox. You know what I want, Coop? I'd like a time machine to correct everything that's happened over the last four years. I was about about to say,
1: I think my Christmas list I've had (laughs) to burn in the fireplace. I
2: mean, how about a time machine? Can someone get me a time machine? I would love a time machine because I would go back and I would say, you know, you should give that Dave Dombrowski guy an extension. How about that? Because since 2019, when High Bloom was hired by John Henry, still mysterious to me, you had a team that won 108 regular season games. They had set the record that year. They won the World Series. And that core remained in 2019. That core remained. You had the manager before he was suspended, Alex Gora. You had your young catcher, Christian Vasquez. You had Mitch Moreland at first. You had a young Xander Bogarts, just still not even as prime yet at short. A even younger, Raphael Devers, already contributing and slugging at third. You had Mookie Betts in the outfield. You had Andrew Benintendi. J.D. Martinez. Hitting DH. Things are beautiful. You had it all. You had Chris Sale. He's the one guy you invested in, and he broke down. Well done. And Nathan Ovaldi. You had it all there. And four years later, look at you now. From 108 wins in a World Series championship to 78 wins and in last place. Oh, and by the way, the Yankees, Tampa Bay, and Toronto, and Baltimore all keep getting better. So a time machine to correct the last four years is what I want. But it's not what I'm going to get. I'm going to get to the rest of what I want for Christmas, for the Red Sox, for the Bruins, and for the Celtics. And I want your input, 617 779 What's on your wish list? We're going to trend, take a break, and we'll be right back.
1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan
2: features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, rolling in with some nice subtle Christmas music. I like it. Coop in the booth. He's he's spreading his wings, folks. Nice little jazz Christmas. Yeah, sound I like it. Keep, keep it rolling. I like it. I think it goes well. Ooh, goes well with the theme tonight. And look it. You want to talk Pats on Sunday against uh, Josh McDaniels and the Raiders? I'm all about it. They stand at 7-6 and six in the 7th uh, slot in the playoffs. I am not a believer in this uh, 2022 version. There's a lot of reasons for that. If you've been hearing me for months and months and months on the mic here at uh, Friday night, 10 to midnight, you know where I stand on that. If you want to talk about the Celtics who uh, took one on the chin tonight to uh, Orlando, who they had beaten 10 in a row. So maybe they would just do, 117 to 109. They lose at home to the Orlando Magic. We can get into that. We can get into what you want. But... My idea, and Coop is supporting me with the smooth jazz for Christmas, is I want your Christmas list for your four major Boston sports teams. So before we broke, I gave you my list for the Patriots, what I want for Christmas. First, I'll recap it if you missed it. For the Patriots, thank you, Coop. I would like a strong display of leadership from Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft sitting down, grumpy old Bill, and saying, Bill, we got to do things differently in 2023. First-round draft pick in Mac Jones last year. You didn't help him this year. Matt Patricia, nice guy. Like him. Find a new spot for him somewhere. You know? Tough, tough conversation. So a strong, a strong display of leadership from Robert Kraft. Please, pretty please for Christmas, Santa. And with that, I would like a side dish for Bill Belichick. And that would be a dose of humility for one Bill Belichick. Because to come into this season with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, With no real experience on that side of the ball. The most important side of the ball in modern day NFL football. That would be the offensive side of the ball. And put Matt Matt Jones and that team's fate in those two people's hands. Not good. So that's arrogant to think that I can do it. As long as I'm here, we're good. A little humility for Bill Belichick. Maybe it's time to adjust your process a little bit. And it's 70 years old going on 71. Maybe it's time to get a little bit of help and diversify a little bit and delegate a little bit and get a little new information from someone other than your sons and your adopted sons, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. So that's what I want for the Pats.
1: Spitballing here. Yes. Slater's likely on his last season now. Mm. Do you think bringing someone in that has that Patriot loyalty, the Patriot way mentality like through and through, because I think that's been lost. I think the magic of the Patriot way, Mm. air quotes on that, Mm. is that's tapered off. That's still with Slater, and he he knows what that's like. Maybe bringing him in, he might be that fresh set of eyes that can really tell Bill, and it's someone Bill can trust.
2: That's not the fresh set of eyes. However, you've got it with Gerard Mayo. You've got it with Troy Brown. They're both on the staff. I like the idea of Matthew Slater being on the coaching staff. I like the idea of Devin McCourty being on the coaching staff. Fan of that. However, there's room for many more. And what Bill Belichick desperately needs, and what my biggest wish for Christmas really is, is... A different set of eyes. A consigliere for Bill Belichick. Someone that hasn't come from the Bill Parcells or Bill Belichick tree. Because the last I checked, that tree is not only out of branches, or I should say out of leaves, out of fruit. It's out of branches. It's just a stump. Think about, think about who's been on that staff. It was Mike Lombardi, then his son Mick Lombardi. Then Mick's gone. It was once Al Groh, the defensive coordinator for Bill Parcells. A A peer a coaching peer of of many, many decades of Bill Belichick. Now, his son, Macro, is running the play personnel uh, decisions. You have Stephen Belichick as the defensive play caller, Bill's son. You've got Brian Belichick on the staff. You've got Matt Patricia, who's Bill's adopted son, essentially, in the NFL because no one else would take him, and no one else would take Joe Judge either. So come on in. Come. Come for Christmas. Come for Thanksgiving at the Belichicks. We'll take everybody in. So to answer your question, Coop, I love Matthew Slater. I love Devin McCourty. I love the idea of them being on the staff, but it can't end there. We need a new set of eyes. And so Mr. Kraft has to have a tough conversation, wish number one, and a dose of humility for Bill Belichick. To the Red Sox and Coop, feel free to weigh in. And you can weigh in too, 617-779-7937. Now, I'm not going to get what I really want, which is a time machine to correct the mistakes of the last four years of the Red Sox, but... How about these two things for my wish list for the Red Sox? How about a look behind the curtain so that we can really understand where these bad decisions are coming from? Now, I've got a hashtag on Twitter at at WEI which is hashtag blame Bloom. I mean, he's the guy in the chair. He's the guy that inherited a perfectly painted picture. And all he had to do was maybe put a little frame on it, get it in the right room and the right light, shine the light on it. He had that core. Betts, Bogarts, Devers. Vasquez, keep adding to it, Moreland, whatever. They were all there. A young core that you could build on. He inherited them in 2019. They won 108 games the year before they won the World Series. Nothing. They're all gone except for Devers. And if you think Devers is going to sign during this offseason, where contracts are going for 11, 12 years, hundreds of millions of dollars, you think he's not sitting back saying, I'm going to get mine? And based on everything that you've seen, the last three years, you think High and going to pay four hundred million to keep Rafael Devers? I don't think so. So you can kiss him goodbye too, which is really sad. So for Christmas, Santa, what I would like with the Red Sox is how about a look behind the curtain? How much of this? Let's go to the old Eddie Edelman blame pie. How much of this is John Henry's bidding that High Bloom is carrying out? How much is High Bloom? I actually think that High Bloom is overreacting to John Henry's bidding. I, I don't think the guy knows how to make a deal. I don't think he's got good instincts of when to strike. I've been in sales for a long time. He doesn't know how to make a deal. He doesn't know when to strike. He doesn't have his timing right. He doesn't know how to read the market, and that's on Bloom. But most of all, for Christmas, for my Boston Red Sox, how about a reality check for John Henry regarding the state of his team and the man he charged with running it, Chaim Bloom? 108 wins, a record-setting season in 2018, and your fourth World Series championship and your ownership, you bring this guy in. I don't know what you said to him. I know how hardwired he is from Tampa Bay, from Andrew Friedman. I know that. And combined with what you said to him, you either made this guy gun-shy or he's just not ready for the job because that entire World Series core is completely gone, except for Raphael Devers, who you have for just one more year. And he's kissing free agency, too. And based on what I just saw with Bogarts and with Betts before him, it's not looking good. So how about a reality check, Mr. Henry, for you regarding the state of your team and the man you charge with running it? It's been a while
1: since he's been out in front of uh, the media, too. It's
2: been a long while.
1: I mean, we've had countless signings over the last couple of days. He hasn't been there. Nope. I'm pretty sure the last time he actually made himself available was pre-Mookie Betts trade. Yeah. And as, as a big fan of the team, I'm a unicorn 25, big fan of baseball. We love you. I like. I haven't heard a peep from him. I know. And I, I would like to know the direction of this team.
2: And you know what? He has to speak up. I think one of the callers last week said that. Like you know, regardless if he doesn't make himself available anymore, or he's too much of a multi diversified, wildly you know wealthy multi billionaire, and he's bored or whatever it might be. You still all on the team. You got to speak up. You got to face the music. And what's interesting is the last time we did see them in that press conference, Coop, you know. I don't think Henry and Werner are always on the same, uh, it, 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 you know, singing the same song. And I said this last week when I went really off on the Red Sox in the aftermath of the Bogarts thing. You can always sense a Henry move, like lowballing John Lester and lowballing Xander Bogarts twice, versus uh Werner move, which is, oh, geez, we just lowballed and lost John Lester. Let's go get Pablo the Hutt and Hanley Ramirez. You can always smell the marketing of Henry and the. Cheapness of, uh, I'm sorry, the marketing of uh, Werner and, and the cheapness and the lowballing of Henry. And then, and then when Luchino was around as the president of the organization, he's like, we need to get a tough guy. And he brought in Bobby Valentine. how that work? So my point is this successful businesses are in unison, they're in lockstep. The colonel echoes the general, the major echoes the colonel, the captain echoes the major, the lieutenant echoes the captain, the sergeant echoes the lieutenant, and so on down the line. It's not the case with the Red Sox. So how about a reality check? A reality check from John Henry. What do you think
1: will come first? John Henry buying another team or another entity? Or them actually making a signing? Um, Like a big signing, something where they can really kind of tell the Yankees that just this entire offseason so far have really shown who they are.
2: Well, if if Werner's voice matters, the overreaction signing is due. But, you know... I don't know. That's a great question because, you know, Henry's always looking to get into There's rumors about him with the Washington Commanders. He's a smart
1: businessman. You can't knock him
2: for that. Yeah, and look at – I used to think it was kind of weird that, you know, an owner from Major League Baseball could could invest in the NFL or the NHL or the NBA, but it's happening, and Henry seems to be kind of leading the charge on that. I think he, in his senior years, with as much wealth as he has, I think he's bored. I think John Henry is bored. I think he has looked at the Boston Red Sox and he said that box is checked. Check that box. Hey, I cleaned out that ballpark. I made it look good. It's friendly Fenway. Everyone loves it. It's a tourist destination. It is numero uno destination when people come into this beautiful city of Boston. And he's won four World Series. They they got over the curse. They stuff it to the Yankees in 2004. I think for him, the box is checked. I think the box is checked. And to those who talk about Liverpool and the Penguins and uh, Roush Fenway Racing and all the other investments that they have, it's all different budgets. It's all different yeah, budgets.
1: They, that's the thing that always frustrates me when I see, like, when they bought the Penguins and people are like, well, we're not going to pay Xander now, which ended up being true. But it's yeah. also, like, it's two different revenue it's unrelated. streams. unrelated.
2: So. It's unrelated. It's related only in... In, it's 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 a reflection of where John Henry's mind is and isn't. I don't think his mind is on the Boston Red Sox.
1: And I, I needed, I'll and dig it up later. You should be pissed about
2: that, Red Sox fans. You should be angry about that. I don't think the steward of the Red Sox mind is on the Red Sox. Well, interestingly, Bogarts isn't here.
1: I believe it was a, I want to say it was Pete Abe. He dug up an, an old quote when Henry first bought the team, mm. and it was something along the lines of, Well, we plan on being here for two decades. That's our, that's as far as we can see right now. Mm. And it's been two decades, four championships. That's really great and everything. But now where are we looking?
2: Yeah. Well, that was the rumor when they brought in Bloom, you know, after the failed 19 season, after the wonderful, wonderful 2018 season. Um, And, uh, you know, the rumor was you're bringing this guy in to pair down the payroll, you know, and we, the die was cast with Mookie Betts. I don't even really put that on Bloom. He kind of was brought in to handle that situation. Now, how he handled it, in hindsight, not so good. You know? Bruce Dark Gratterall probably would have been the guy to actually keep, and they turned him away because they didn't like his medicals. They got Verdugo, a player I like. He's clutch. Hits well against the Yankees in the clutch. I like that. Check, check. But he's a good ball player. Not a great ball player. I think he's got his upside is maybe like, ah, all-star game. Maybe two. That's what I think about Alex Verdugo and I like him. I like the player. Don't get me wrong, but for Mookie Betts and they just UDF. They just uh, got rid of. They just got rid of um, Jeter Downs, who was supposed to be the prospect de jour in that trade, and they got a third string catcher in Connor Wong. So, you know, not so good. Not so good. So for Chris, for Christmas, oh, the calls are lighting up. I think we get some Christmas Christmas wishes coming here. So for Christmas, for the Red Sox, a time machine to. to Correct the mistakes of the last four years, a look behind the curtain to see what the heck is going on, and most of all, a reality check for John Henry to talk about the man who he put in charge of his operation and what is happening with this operation. Coop, should we go to Sean and Worcester or Stephen Somerville? Who do we want? You pick.
1: Let's go with Steve.
2: Let's go with Steven Somerville. Steve? Hey, how think, you Watson, doing? I'm doing good, Steve. Looks like you want to talk about the Bruins. Am I right?
0: No, no, I don't want to talk about the Bruins. Ah,
2: okay.
0: Uh, Patriots, Red Sox. All right. First of all, I see see a good future for the Patriots. I'm very encouraged. Once they get rid of Patricia and they bring in somebody, and and I believe they have to. You know that. I mean, Belichick's not a moron. He knows what's going on.
2: He's stubborn, though. He's stubborn, though, Steve. He's He's stubborn. stubborn. Well... Well, Kraft Kraft has to step in. You're absolutely
0: right. That's my wish. my Christmas
2: wish, Steve. Is that
0: yours? Absolutely. Everything you said tonight has killed it. I'm telling you, brother.
2: Thank you, Steve.
0: And as far as the Red Sox, oh, my God. I thought the day that they were going to sign Xander, I was so excited because they got the reliever, they got the Japanese player. It was a good day. And... It was a great day, sign Alexander. But you're right, this team. Oh my God, what a what a disaster! They're huh?
2: a, they're a mess, Steve. Steve, thanks for the call. We love when Steve calls in. You know, sometime sometime uh, Steve should come in and bring some of what he's he's sipping on because it sounds like a fun night voice a at-
1: reason from him
2: yeah no see Steve's always at his level I think we're very like-minded Steve and I Steve uh, he is frustrated with the Patriots he's frustrated with the Red Sox and Steven Somerville I am too someone you can have a few with I can absolutely have a couple cocktails and why not this holiday season why not in this studio in this holiday season maybe we bring maybe we bring Steven Somerville in he calls over making week. spirits light we love Steve all right let's see what uh, calls are heating up it's Christmas season. Let's see what uh, Sean and Worcester thinks. I think he's got the Red Sox on his mind, as I always do. Sean, good evening.
0: Hey, how's it going?
2: I'm good. How are you? Merry Christmas. It's
0: yeah, so the first time calling you. Very Merry good. Christmas to you.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Um, I just want to know who is going to be the Red Sox opening day starter and who's going to be the DH and whether they're going to do, you know, something. When are they going to do something about actually spending money? Or is Henry just too tight ass to yep. actually spend money? And uh, what I want to know is you should uh, invite John Henry onto your show.
2: Sean, he, Sean
0: he has uh, let's say. do that
2: right now. Mr. Henry? Jim Hackett here, late night, Friday night on the WEI Sports Radio Network, the broadcast rights partner of your Boston Red Sox that you own, in case you forgot. Um, But you do own them, and I would love to have you right in the studio here. If you want to do it uh, on a recorded call, if you want to come in live, you are more than welcome to come and sit with us and answer Sean from Worcester's Questions. Who's going to be the starter? I don't think he's up to too much on a Friday night. I don't think he is either. I think it's a little late for him. However, you know, Mr. Henry, if you did did miss the show tonight, you can catch it uh, on Audio On Demand on WEI.com. You can also get it on the Odyssey app. And uh, you do late night Friday night, and it'll be right there. Late night, and just you know, pull it up, and and we can have a, a fancy old chat. So Sean and Worcester brought up some good questions. Who is going to be the number one starter? And I don't have an answer for you, Sean. I wish I did. I guess... If you're, if you're willing to cast aside four years' worth of shoulder and elbow and oblique and whatever other injuries of Chris Sale, I guess you could say him, maybe, uh, should he come back. I guess by some Christmas miracle, if they're able to re-sign Nathan Ivaldi, which doesn't look good, that would be my, I guess, my preference. Um, that doesn't look like it's a probability either, so... Who's going to start? And we just we just read like from Rob Bradford and even your fourth and fifth starters, Michael Walker and Rich Hill. Like they they're the Orioles are looking at them. So.
1: Workhorses this past season too. I mean, th- their ages out there, but they gave you something.
2: No, Walker was great. He was really good. Like Walker was, if if an All Star is a ten, Walker was a good solid seven and a half. Like he was a very good starter all year long. Um, and you're in danger of losing them. So I guess right now, as it's presently constituted, for. Um, for Stephen Somerville and for Sean and Worcester, I would say it's probably Nick Pavella because you can't rely on Chris Sale. I mean, what injuries kind of come next with Chris Sale? And by the way, at this point, do you want him as your number one starter? I'd like Chris Sale to be like a, like a, a sneaky three, a sneaky three. How about that?
1: I know they want to make Whitlock their guy, but I just he's not there yet. I
2: want, Garrett, especially for opening day. Here is another thing I want for Christmas. I want Garrett Whitlock as the new Andrew Miller. You know, Ooh, I like that. I want him to be the new Andrew Miller. If, if, if the most dangerous at bat and critical out of the ball game is in the sixth inning, I want Garrett Whitlock there. If the most dangerous batter in the opposing dugout is coming out in the seventh inning and there's runners on second and third, I want Whitlock there. If it happens in the eighth, I want him there. If it happens in the ninth, I want him there. If it happens in the fifth, I want him there. That's how the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Indians used to use, and the Orioles used to use Andrew Miller. And you know what? It worked really well. And Whitlock seems to thrive in that role. So stop messing with him, because the last time they kept messing with kids like this, it really messed them up. Remember Daniel Bard? Oh, Daniel Bard threw hundred and one miles an hour, and it looked like a changeup coming out of his hand. That guy had an effortless effortless delivery. I'm glad he's back in the league. Yeah. He's so great, fun to great watch. Great story. Great story. Team
1: USA just just got nominated to that. He's going to be in the World Baseball Classic. So uh, he's awesome. Very happy for him.
2: Yeah, me too. And a great story. And, you know, it's a great story of redemption. You know why? Because the Red Sox damn near ruined him when they tried to make him a starter and they stretched him out with not enough spring training. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Please, pretty please with sugar on top. You took Garrett Whitlock away from the Yankees. He's been the one shining hope you've had of all this dismantling you've done the last four years. Please, pretty pleased with sugar on top, Santa. Keep Garrett Whitlock in the whenever-you-need-him critical reliever role. More after this. After
1: the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB
0: game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind.
1: Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run league
2: All right, welcome back. Jim Hackett, WEI Late Night Friday Night. Coop alongside. He's giving the smooth Christmas jazz. We'll have to do this uh, next Friday, too, with uh, Christmas Eve, right? I'll be and, here for that. Yeah, awesome. All right, so We'll celebrate there. And uh, tonight we're doing our Christmas wish list for your four favorite Boston sports teams. Your New England Patriots, your Boston Red Sox, your Boston Bruins, your Boston Celtics. Now, we haven't gotten into the Bruins and the Celtics yet uh, because, you know, when I get going on the Patriots and Red Sox, it can... It can I can dig in a little bit there because there's a lot of meat on that bone, man. There's a
1: whole lot there. There's a
2: whole lot of meat, and it don't taste so good. So to recap for those just joining us, uh, for the Patriots, I would like for Christmas a strong display of leadership from owner Robert Kraft and a side dish, a dose of humility for Bill Belichick based on all the poor decisions that have been made the last four years and particularly this year, uh, damn near ruining his prized asset and second-year quarterback, Mac Jones. For the Red Sox. My wish list, I know I'm not going to get this, but a time machine would be good to go back and correct the mistakes of the last four years that have been made under the Chaim Bloom uh, reign as the director of player personnel for the Red Sox. Uh, how about a look behind the curtain to really understand where these bad decisions are coming from? Is it Henry pulling the strings on Bloom? Is it Bloom taking Henry too literally for why he was brought in? I, I think there's more on Bloom than there is Henry. But, you know, again, Mr. Henry's welcome to join us anytime. He's uh, had a code of silence the last few years. But we here at the late night, Friday night on the WEI Sports Radio Network, we'd love to have Mr. Henry in. And, you know, it's Christmas. Bring your grandchildren in, too. That would be lovely. And uh, also, for the Red Sox on the wish list, most of all, how about a reality check, Mr. Henry? And we can talk about this when you come in. Regarding the state of your team, since you won the World Series in 2018 and set a major league record with 108 wins, He had 78 wins this year, 30 games worse in four years. And the entire core, young core, kids in their mid-20s, young 20s like Devers. Devers was, what, 21, pushing 22 at that point? And what I barked about all last week in the aftermath of losing Xander Bogarts is it's not about what happened in free agency. What didn't you see with Xander Bogarts and Mookie Betts in 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. What didn't you see in Raphael Devers in 2018, 19, 20, 21? To get here, you're gonna lose him too. I mean, you, hate to be the Grinch. You're gonna as, lose Rafael as Devers. of
1: today. Even fringe young core guys like Andrew Benatendi signed yeah. a seven-year deal today.
2: Yeah, Yep.
1: Chicago White Sox. Yeah, that's someone that you shouldn't have to compete with. But yeah. they're and, now on your radar.
2: Yeah, and the, and one of the good and two of the best moves that Heim Bloom has made go back to the 2021 trade deadline when they. Picked up Kyle Schwarber. Again, it was a value because he was hurt at the time, but it worked. And it worked so well, you would think you would re-sign him, wouldn't you? Particularly with your DH, J.D. Martinez, who was brilliant last postseason, by the way. With him going into free agency, you'd think, oh, I've got my solution here. I've got Kyle and Waltham. Everyone likes him. And they let him walk for four years and $79 million, which is less than $20 million a year. And he went to the Phillies. He broke the record for home runs hit by a leadoff hitter in the National League. And they damn near won the World Series. But I digress. So my wish list for the, for the Red Sox. A reality check, Mr. Henry, regarding the state of your team and the man you charge with running it high and bloom. I've got a lot of questions. Let's pivot off of them for a while. But you guys, we want to weigh in on the Celtics, and, and I'm sorry, and the Red Sox and the Patriots, please, pretty please with sugar on top, feel free, 617-779-7937. We've already heard from Steve in Somerville, Sean in Worcester. Got some other calls coming in. Before I take those, I want to get to the Bruins. My wish list for the Bruins is simple. The Boston Bruins, in my whole life, have been a team that has been, for the most part, really close but incomplete. Even the 2011 team that won the Cup, you know, they had to go fortify that team, you know, at the trade deadline, which most times you have to do anyway. And other than when I was like in single digits during the Don Cherry era, and I love those teams as a kid, that's what got me into hockey. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think the Bruins need a whole lot. I think they're pretty darn close to perfect. They are a great hockey team. They're a great hockey team that's clearly well-coached and had been well-coached with Bruce Cassidy before Montgomery got here. They're disciplined. They're fast. They can score. They're creative. They're deep. Their defenders have balls. They've got guts. Healthy
1: mix of young guys and vets.
2: Yep, they got they got it all. So here's my wish For the Boston Bruins, my Christmas wish. Two things, but two things for your Boston Bruins. Continued health. Health. How about Brad Marchand coming back like eight weeks early and then scoring two goals on his first night? Health. Give me health for the Boston Bruins because I just want them to have a fair shot. So this is a two-part equation for the Bruins. Health. Let them be healthy so when they get there in April and May and June, we can enjoy it. We can enjoy it. Just let them be healthy. That's all I want for the Bruins. The second part is, and this is where hockey is different than all the other sports, really doesn't matter if you are the best record in hockey. The Bruins right now are 23-4-2. and and They are amazing. They're playing great. And it's meaningless in hockey because it really comes down to one thing in the postseason. It's called puck luck. Can we get the Boston Bruins some puck luck? I've been around the Bruins a long time. I worked over there for years. Not a lot of puck luck for the Boston Bruins, you know? They're kind of like me and my Heritage Fantasy Football League. I've won a title, just like the Bruins. The Bruins have won one in 2011. I've won one, too. Not too shabby. I've lost a whole lot, though. I've had a lot of bad luck in that league, including maybe later in the next hour, I'll talk about what happened to me in that league. Oh, my God. What a train wreck last week was. But anyway, but the Bruins have had, they've been snake bit a lot in the playoffs. A lot, man. They've had a lot of talent. and People bark about not having a second line and depth. Sometimes in hockey, particularly in the playoffs, it's just puck luck. So I, can, I just
1: can, got flashbacks to that uh, the the tripping call that wasn't called in that yeah, twenty nineteen Stanley Cup final.
2: Perfect, perfect example. And you know what? So a, 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 some health for Christmas and a prolonged healthy regular season and postseason for the Boston Bruins, and just a little bit of puck luck, and you get those two things. I'll lay the gauntlet down right now. They should win the Stanley Cup. And it's really hard to say that in hockey. Like, you can say it in basketball. If the Golden State Warriors are the best team in basketball, the Celtics are the best team in basketball, you can say that's the favorite to win. Or when Giannis was playing at an MVP level at his height when Milwaukee won a couple years ago, you could say they should win. In hockey, an 8-seed can beat a 1-seed. Happens all the time. You know what I mean? So give them a little puck luck. That's what I want.
1: They're catching – the thing that I am most hopeful about is they're catching the lightning at the – Point where they're kind of on their downturn. The yeah. lightning, the lightning have been a wagon in the NHL they for have. the last five years. Yep,
2: and it, they and they had the Bruins number there for a while, but it doesn't look like that anymore, does it? The no. Bruins have stepped up against no. the Lightning. They look good, so um, I'm happy about that. Now, I save the best for last because this one, give me that music, Coop. Thank you very much for the Celtics. I see, but two things, much like the Bruins, that they'll need. I'm going to leave health out of it because you know basketball, it, you know. There'll be hammies and groins and all sorts of fun stuff. But for the Celtics, I was watching them against Golden State last week on Saturday night, and that was really kind of a letdown of a game. I wasn't upset about the result. It was more just a Saturday night and having a couple beers, and I wanted to watch a good game, and they didn't really give me one. So what I want for the Celtics on my Christmas wish list is simply this. The wisdom of an elder. Let that sink in for a minute. The wisdom of an elder. And what I mean by that is this. Jason Tatum had a tough night against the Golden State Warriors on Saturday night. And I think he's going to have a lot more of those because he is clearly and unquestionably, indisputedly, the lead for the MVP in the NBA right now. He has played, in the totality of this season, he has played absolutely lights out. In the 22 wins, and in the, in the eight losses they have, for the most part, he has been kissing 30 points every night, rebounding, doing it all. And that game against Golden State was a little bit telling of something you need to be concerned about with, with the Celtics, which is everyone's going to key on him, and they're going to key on him a lot more than they ever had. And you saw it. They put the chokehold on him Saturday night. Golden State put the chokehold on him. And this is where this comes in, the wisdom of an elder. Can Jason Tatum figure that out on his own, what he needs to do? Or does he need the wisdom of an elder? And I suggest to you that I think he does need that. And unfortunately for the Celtics, they've lost a lot of their wise elders. Tommy Heinsohn passed away. Paul Silas this week. All these guys. I used to work over at the Garden when it was called the Fleet Center. And the Celtics were the best at this, at having the old guard there. They were always like these these old, wise owls all around the place, always trying to help out the guys and give them information. The wisdom of an elder. Can Joe Mazzula gain the wisdom of an elder? And if so, can he see when teams are really doubling down and tripling and down on Tatum what's going wrong? Can he help unlock him? That's going to be the key. More Christmas wish lists, more of your wish lists. 617-779-7937. Coming up after the break. Sports Radio, WEI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New
1: iPhone 15s? You
2: here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on
0: us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch